0: Now, Fight Back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association.
1: Welcome back. Uh, we are switching gears, and with summer just around the corner, many of us are already looking ahead to days at the beach, evenings out on the patio, but summer sun and heat don't always mix well with your medications prescription or over-the-counter. Pharmacist John Papasturgio is here to talk about staying healthy in the summer months, from choosing the right sunscreen for every member of the family to storing medications properly on humid days, to other things that I have questions about. Welcome, John. Thanks for joining us. It's great to be back, Libby. Okay, so let me start with something else that that I've always wondered about, because uh, it's uh, supposed to be a particularly buggy season this year. It was last year, and uh, they love me, and so I have to spray insect repellent, uh, need the ones with DEET. It feels like I'm putting something really nasty on my body. It doesn't smell nice.
2: Yeah, and they they don't smell nice at all, actually, (laughs) and it's uh, unfortunately part of the formulation that gives it that odor, but uh, it's a great question, and I find people... Don't know a lot about insecticides and and these uh, uh, and and one of the, the the things I like to tell my patients is uh, sunscreen is very very different than an insecticide, right? So if you if you want to prevent mosquito bites and you buy a product, say over the counter, the first thing you want to look at is how much DEET is in that product. So they typically will range anywhere from seven percent up to thirty percent. For adults, if you really want it to work, I generally recommend getting the higher concentration. For kids, stay lower, like seven or eight percent. So
1: is but is uh,
2: is deep bad for you? Um, no, not, not 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 at that concentration. I mean, there are some people who are concerned about using deep products, and uh, you know, patients that have a history of seizure disorders or whatnot. We, we think higher concentrations of deep could probably predispose in, in some cases a seizure, but generally it's safe. What I tell the patients is, you don't have to spray it on your skin. You could actually put it on your clothes, right? And that's a what I recommend. Spray then it all your over. clothes smell bad. They do. They're going to smell bad, unfortunately. But if you're concerned about the safety of it, it doesn't have to go directly on the skin to deter the insects. The other thing I, I kind of started talking about: it's not like sunscreen, so don't, you don't keep reapplying the the deet, right? Uh, the idea is once a day. So if you know you're going to be out in the evening, when uh, you know there may be more mosquitoes out or other bugs, you apply it, you know, once you go, just before you go out, and then that's it. You don't keep reapplying, and that's a concern because that's how you get those higher levels of of DEET, uh, you know, on the skin, and ultimately, if it does get absorbed into the blood, and you want to try to avoid that.
1: Is there anything else? Is there some kind of so-called natural product?
2: Yeah, there are. Like, I mean, if uh, if you see some of the products, uh, there's citronella-containing products and stuff like that. I find they generally don't work as well. Unfortunately, I think DEET is probably the best agent that we have right now, Uh, uh, but there are, you know, herbal homeopathic products. I've even seen pills that people will take... But what about?
1: I, I tried this thing. It was like a thing that you clipped on. Yes, I don't think I, it worked. I don't
2: think it, and I think I, you know, those contain citronella, Generally, those clips. Really? Yeah, oh. I don't. I don't. I, I mean, they may deter some mosquitoes, but if you're in an, an area that's kind of really dense with bugs, probably not going to work. I mean, even the sprays, they 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 work, but you're, it's it's not a guarantee you're not going to get bit. That's that's the unfortunate reality of it.
1: Okay, John, let's let's give out the numbers. I'm sure that people have questions about all this stuff. The number is 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I'm here with John Papasturgio, uh, our trusted contributor, a pharmacist from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. We're talking about stuff that you need in the summer and also how to make sure that the heat doesn't affect your medications. So, John, you mentioned sunscreen. And... um, I was about to look this up, but I ran out of time. I, I saw something recently about sunscreens being tested, and they don't necessarily have the SPF protection that is on the label
2: yeah I mean you know I've heard that concern before, and I think really you gotta you gotta be practical with this so when you get to into a pharmacy, you see there's so many different types of sunscreens and right. people you know will approach the pharmacist and ask you know what should I use and generally kind of a, a what i what I look for is uh, as a starter i want I want to make sure the sunscreen that I'm picking has an SPF of thirty at least generally when you you'll see sunscreens with SPF as high as ninety. As you get over thirty, it doesn't add that much incremental protection. So minimum thirty. If you want more, it's fine. So that's kind of the first thing I look at. The second thing I look at is the ingredients, right? So you wanna you wanna make sure that the the sunscreen itself. I like to you know see if there's something that's called the physical sun blocker in it, something like titanium dioxide. You'll see that. How Those,
1: how would I know, you know other than know, titanium dioxide? Yeah, yeah, or you
2: could ask the pharmacist. Okay. So they, many of the many of the sunscreens have that, but I like physical sun blockers because they totally block uh, all the sun. And generally, they're combined with what we call chemical sun blockers. So these are chemicals that absorb the sun's rays, right? Can get complicated. But what I say generally, look on the bottle. It'll say something like UVA, UVB, right? So it
1: needs to have both. It needs
2: to have both, right? And on the newer bottles and on the products that that have this rating, you'll see the Canadian uh, Dermatology Association, will say CDA. And if it has a circle around the UVA, that's very important because that, that says it's giving you adequate UVA coverage, and not all the sunscreens will have that. That's kind of the second thing that I look for. So if you got that, you're pretty good, pretty good. La Roche-Posay makes a lot of great sun care products. I tend to, you know, like that brand, but there's a ton of them out there. And you just have to look at, you know, uh, what you think will work for you. Talk to your pharmacist. The other thing is the form. And they get a lot of questions yeah. around. Yeah. Should it's, I use an aerosol? Should I use a cream, yeah. you know? Uh, this one's too thick. This one's too watery, yeah. right? And it really depends what you're using it for. I know with kids, a lot of people like the uh, the spray because it's easy to spray on and your kids. Sc-
1: kids get squirmy when you put sunscreen that's on right. them.
2: That's right. So I think that's fine. It's great. But you have to realize, like, don't be spraying from really far back because what happens is most of that sunscreen will get out into the air and it's not actually getting on the kid, well, it's, right? It's some,
1: it's, and it's some of it is, like, the spray is easy because usually I'm running to a, a tennis game and, and it's like, oh, I better put sunscreen That's right. it's the on. Easiest. Yeah. Uh, but with some of those pumps, like the, the the sunscreen kind of just makes a mess in the bathroom that, as opposed to me.
2: Absolutely, yeah. So they, I mean, you got to figure out I- I- is that something for you. The other thing, and I think the real important thing, is that you're. A- applying it liberally so you're using enough, you know. So you want to kind of apply enough that you got a nice thick layer that will kind of rub in. You don't have to look white after you apply it, but, and you want to get all the areas. So don't miss areas. That's very important. People tend to forget like the back of their ears. That's oh. really an area that you or, should Or guys applying.
1: with little bald spots. That's
2: right. And that's, <laughs> the, what, you know, that's where you see some of these melanomas starting in those areas that people tend to miss, right?
1: A, a, f- a friend of uh, my husband's, they went biking together the other week, and he got... He got burnt in from the holes in his bike helmet. You oh, wow. know? yeah.
2: And that, yeah. <laughs> those are painful burns when they're on your head. So, you know, generally as a rule of thumb, I say two to three tablespoons oh, of, yes. uh, of sunscreen really? is enough to cover the, the body and then usually a teaspoon on the face. I mean, no one's going to measure that, but, you know, if you play it by, uh, by eye, they, they, that should be enough. And uh, the other thing with sunscreen, which is different than the insecticides, you have to keep reapplying. So say you, you mentioned you're playing tennis. Every couple of hours, you should reapply. Because if you're sweating, you're going to lose it. If you're going into the water, right, you're going to lose it. So it's important to reapply.
1: Okay, let's uh, take a call. Uh, We have Janice in Etobicoke. Hi, Janice. Hi there. Um, I have a question, please, that
3: even my oncologist was iffy about when I asked him during chemotherapy if I could and should use DEET because we found ticks out here in Etobicoke.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's safe to use the DEET. I've never heard of that being a contraindication. What I would recommend, because sometimes depending on the chemotherapy you are on, your skin can be a little bit more sensitive. Just spray it on your clothes, kind of what I mentioned earlier. It's safe to use. I try to avoid the skin. Spray it on your clothes. It should have the same effect at, you know, at, at deterring the insects. Um, and that way, you don't have to work about, worry about sensitizing your skin even more. But I think it's safe to use. You're fine.
3: Okay. And part of that question,
2: please, when you use a pump spray, are you inhaling more of it than you should be? Well, I mean, you could possibly. It depends where you're spraying it, right? So, And, and well. I find it even worse than the pump or the aerosols, because those ones you just press press down and it just kind of sprays everywhere. Yeah, if you spray it in your face, you're probably inhaling inhaling a little bit of it. So, um, you know, use it smartly, I think, try to avoid inhaling it, but I don't really think it's toxic either way.
3: All right, then thank you for your help. No problem. Okay,
1: thank you for your call, Janice. The number's once again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We're talking about the things you need in the summer, insect repellent, sunscreen, and we're uh, shortly going to talk about making sure that the heat doesn't degrade your medications. I'm here with our trusted contributor, John Papasturgio, from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and he'll answer your questions on uh, whatever pharmaceutical issue you might have. Again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. So just to recap the sunscreen, now the the thing about using enough, I mean, it gets kind of messy and gloppy. I mean, I'm assuming that's why people don't use enough generally.
2: Yeah, and uh, yeah, that is one of the concerns. I find the newer sunscreens, the newer formulations are better though. Like, um, they 're not as greasy, I think they, the companies have spent a lot of time working on that consistency of the of the formulation, but you 're right i mean that 's why people avoid putting it on. It can get very messy, uh, but uh, I think uh, it 's important to do definitely.
1: Okay, John, uh, I, I see we've slipped past the break time. We're going to take a quick break, um, and we're going to take some calls from our callers when we're back from the break. And before we go, I will give out those numbers. Once again, 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-744-740. And back
0: after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one fight back with libby zneimer on zoomer radio
1: welcome back i am here with our trusted contributor john Papasturgio from the ontario pharmacists association and we're taking your calls about summer needs and first up we have sharon in burlington hi sharon hi there how are you
3: good how are you fine thanks um, my question is about where to store medication. If it's okay to put it on top of your refrigerator or if that's not good or in the refrigerator or does it matter or does it ma- uh, depend on what kind of medication?
2: That's, that's a great question. And it, yeah, it, it does depend on the medication. As a general rule. Humidity is bad for medications, particularly tablets and capsules. The way uh, uh, medications dissolve in your body is that when they get access to liquid, they start dissolving. So one of the places I recommend never to store your medication is in the bathroom. It gets very humid in there. Uh, Your tablets, even though they're in those protective bottles, they can dissolve. So uh, I I tend to avoid that. On top of the fridge is fine. I mean, uh, somewhere out of reach of children, always very important. Uh, never in the fridge unless the prescription says to be refrigerated. And there are, you know, uh, certain medications that have to be refrigerated. But the cold isn't necessarily good for, for certain meds. Uh, if you have any questions specific to a drug you're taking, always ask your pharmacist. But kind of those are the general rules. If you're going out with your medication, you don't want to leave them in a hot car for, like, very, very long. They could, they, they could dissolve. Most of the containers, or actually all the containers we use in pharmacies now, have UV protection. So there is some protection against light. But uh, uh, I think, yeah, you're very right. Storage is important and it could, it could affect the integrity of the medication.
0: Okay. Thanks very much. You're, you're welcome. On. Okay. Take care.
1: Bye-bye. Okay. Before we take our next call, so then my question is while we're on this subject, is there anything extra you have to do in the summer because of the heat?
2: You know, yeah. I mean, just be cognizant of, of, of if you're taking medication with you, about the heat so that, you know they shouldn't be left in cars like i mentioned or out in the direct sunlight uh, you want to try to avoid that that being said many patients are going to be traveling in the summer they go to you know warmer climates and they need to take their medication with them that's fine but you know uh if you're flying make sure you take the the prescription meds on the plane with you that's very important you yep. don't want to package them in your luggage because it can get very cold and the the cargo holds uh that's and also important get lost <laughs> or and lost as well yeah um if you take insulin that's another very important thing so insulin generally is stored in the fridge. It's good outside of the fridge for about 30 days. So uh, diabetics that use uh, insulin injections, it's okay to have the insulin outside of the fridge, you know, as long as it's 30 days or less, you don't have to travel with an ice pack.
1: Okay, uh, let's go to uh, Paul, who is in his car. Hi, Paul.
3: Hi, ma'am. How are you? Okay, considering my age. (laughs) Hi, Paul. Hi, ma'am. Hi,
1: Go ahead. You're you're on the air. You're, what's
3: your question? About two weeks ago, on the back of my hand, I'm starting to lose the pigment color.
2: So it's not as dark as it used to be, or
3: no? It's like uh, six spots, white.
2: White? Are they just little? I think little- uh, the,
3: they call it vitolo- vitologia.
2: Yeah, I, could, I mean, it could be a lot of different things. Did the physician look at it yet, or is it you, you're just bringing it up for the first time?
3: No, I went to the pharmacist, and she gave me some kind of greasy white cream, cream. to put yeah, on probably an
2: Yeah, it okay, could have been an antifungal. That's what I was suggesting. A lot of times fungal, topical fungal infections look like that. You get, like, white patches on them. Um, and she probably gave you what I would imagine is the right thing. Uh, uh, it, very important, use it for at least two weeks, because you find if it starts to improve um, and you stop, it could come back. That being said, if it doesn't improve with the medication that the uh, pharmacist gave you, Go in and get it checked out just to make sure because there skin conditions, many of them look similar and it can, can be hard to diagnose sometimes. just I've seen this
3: on uh, on people that are like from India, Pakistan or of a darker color on their face.
2: Yeah, yeah, you can get that uh, on your face. I think that's probably something different. You know, I think uh, what you have on your hand, could, it, it, it's very hard to say without looking over, at it. Over, yet.
1: you can't, well, yeah. can't diagnose. So I think what John is suggesting is, uh, you know, how long have you been uh, using this cream for?
3: Oh, about two days. Okay, well, use it for two weeks. I don't uh, if... see, no, I don't see any difference here. Yeah, it's well, it's too too early, just yeah, two days.
2: Too early, yeah. Use it for a couple of weeks. If it doesn't get better, get in to see the family doctor, just uh, to make sure. I
3: went to a health food store, and the fellow there said that I had a,
2: an aller- allergic attack in my gut. I don't think so. It, I don't think that's that. I, that's I, I, he let's he us let's, it. Let's, an allergy attack in my gut. No, I I, I I think that's unlikely. Let's do the two-week therapy. If it doesn't get better, get it checked out.
3: Okay. I haven't been to my doctor in 30 years. I'm embarrassed to go. Well, you, should, you should go. <laughs> it'll be go. it'll
1: be another doctor probably. Right. <laughs> uh, no, from he's 30... still
3: there because he tells my brother, well, "Where's your brother, Paul? He never comes in."
1: Because okay. I'm
3: 60 years old. I've never had no, not even a cold in well, the winter. that's time.
1: that's great. But uh, so use use the stuff and uh, see if it helps you. Thanks for your call. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Kathy in Oshawa, Hi. Hi, I love your show. Thank you. I'm calling with a comment regarding sunscreen.
3: I was using good quality mineral or chemical sunscreens like Ombrel and La Roche-Posay and developing a rash. So then I would cover up those areas. It would go away. I'd use the sunscreen again, develop a rash, and I thought I had an allergy to the sun. It turns out I could not tolerate the chemical sunscreens, so I switched to a mineral sunscreen and no more problem with
2: rashes. It's a great point. So some, some people are very sensitive to the chemical sunscreens, and we do see that. And uh, you brought up another good point that it can be difficult to distinguish between a rash due to the sunscreen or a heat rash, right? Yeah. Um, I would have suggested exactly what you said. And uh, uh, mineral sunscreens are great in that they're physical sun blockers. They, they totally uh, uh, you know block the sun's rays. But what I find with some uh, patients is they don't like the mineral Sunscreens because they're kind of thicker. I I don't know if that was your experience. They're getting better, I find, with the micronized formulations, but Um, uh, they can. Good formulation. That's right. But Avens known for their formulation uh, as well. Uh, I find they they go on a little bit smoother, but that historically that was the challenge with the mineral blockers. I mean, you would see even something like zinc oxide, right? Uh, oh, the, those the, the people yeah. put it on their nose like yeah. the lifeguards, right? But it's really really thick. The newer newer formulations are definitely better. But yeah, that's that's really the solution uh, to, to your problem, and I'm glad you were able to sort it out.
3: Okay, thank you.
1: You're welcome. Thanks Bye. for the call. Uh, so. It, would you say that that um if you can tolerate chemical uh, sunscreen with a chemical that you should probably do that, but the mineral is a good option if you can't
2: that's right and i i think uh, I think the combination of both is great because you're getting the benefits of both that way uh you get a real broad protection uh But that that being said, yeah, they're not for everyone. And if you're you're having some sensitivity, switch to a mineral blocker um, if you don't mind the consistency. But I do find uh, the mineral blockers are a little bit thicker and people have issues sometimes with them.
1: Yeah, okay. So the numbers, again, we have a few minutes left. Uh, 1-866-744-740 or... 416 360 I'm here with John Puppesturgio from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, our trusted contributor. We're talking about things you need to know for summer, uh, insect repellents, uh, sunscreen, and storing your medication in the heat. And, um, again, you know, there are a lot of people who just kind of uh, uh, lately I've encountered people who say, well, the chemical sunscreen is bad just because
2: it's chemical, yeah no I don't I don't think so I think I mean if you're sensitive to it that's an issue but I I don't think it's bad in the you know the the vast majority of the sunscreens do have chemicals in them. I mean, the reality is, uh, you know, skin cancer melanoma is worse, right? Yeah. And that's what we're really trying to prevent here. We know um, third co- third most common form of cancer now in Canada, and it's rising at a very quick rate. I mean, the issues we've had with the ozone and everything else, uh, you know, it, the incidence is going way up. So we really got to be smart about this and protect our skin.
1: Absolutely. And uh, while we are on that subject, um, what should people look for? I mean, you know, uh, our previous caller had white patches on his skin and, you know, things crop up. What is, what is something that's worrisome? And
2: Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a great question. If you see a kind of a new area, like a mole-like uh, lesion that's formed, looks irregular in shape, that's you know something that should be concerning. Go get it checked out. Um, for existing moles, if they start to change shape, get bigger, look different, always get them checked out. Uh, areas that are exposed to the sun, always have it, keep your eye on that. You know if you notice changes in your skin there, uh, bring it up. But uh, uh, we know with melanomas, if you catch them early, it's it's a type of cancer that's very curable. The curates over ninety percent, I think. So the idea depends
1: is... depends on the kind of melanoma. Yes, some but, of some of it is very uh, deadly, though there are. New uh, forms of immunotherapy. For that's it. right.
2: Yeah, and and the goal the goal is to catch it early, though. And, yeah. and if you're able to catch always it early, catch it yeah, early, yeah, that's important. So these are these are things you should be looking for. But again, prevention is always the best, you know, option.
1: The other question: This is yeah. kind of a cosmetic question, but um, is it the sun? You know, we get uh, sort of dark spots as we age. Yeah. Uh, is but is it, what kind of a factor is the sun? Because I know I'm you know looking at my hands and. Yeah, that's on my face, yeah, I don't that's, like it.
2: Yeah, that's, that really is a sign of, you know, uh, skin sun damage over the years, right? So it's, you know, uh, exposure to sun over years and years could do that. It's funny, in some pharmacies now we have a technology and you'll see it in the cosmetic departments where we can look at your skin under magnification and uh, I'm amazed when I, you know, we use it on patients, you could actually see the amount of keratization that's been forming. Keratization. Yeah, it's like a thickening of the skin, right? Yeah. Um, you see that. The other thing is you could could see capillaries and, and capillaries that right underneath the skin, that's a sign that uh, of sun damage when the capillaries start forming. So um, if your pharmacy has that tool, see the cosmetician, ask them. And it's actually very interesting to see. They'll, they'll give you some perspective of how much sun damage you've already incurred, and it may not be visible right away.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's a lot. Is there is there anything uh, cosmetic or over-the-counter that can uh, get rid of these... <laughs> Yeah, there
2: are lightening creams that exist. Uh, what, do they have, bleach? Uh, yeah, there, it's like a, a chemical bleach, essentially. Um, I find they do work. You have to use them very regularly, though, and, and eventually they'll lighten, uh, you know, those spots. But uh, um, you've got to be diligent with it, and that's what I find people have a challenge with. They use it, but not all the time. And because of the nature of that chemical, it can be irritating to other parts of your skin as well, so you should be a little bit cautious with it also.
1: Okay, uh, let's go to Pamela in Mississauga. Hi, Pamela.
3: Hi there, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, My question is around the sunscreen as well. I was listening to the show um, and I'd like to know the brand name of the mineral sunscreen, please, as I have a uh, an issue with the chemical one as
2: well. Oh, I've seen, there's a, a bunch of mineral sunscreens as well, and I think I think Event makes one. There's even the more common brands like Banana Boat even makes a mineral sunscreen. Um, it, it, the best way to do it, because they're hard to pick out sometimes, is if you're really looking for one specifically, just ask the pharmacist and they'll pick one, because many of them will 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 have minerals in them, but they'll also have some chemical blockers, so uh, best bit is to just ask the pharmacist. But most of the brands now, I find, do make a, a mineral Sunscreen as well. Yeah,
3: great. Okay, thank you very much for
1: your help. You're welcome. Have a good day. Okay, thanks very much for that. Uh, so, do you have any idea what percentage of people would be sensitive?
2: Uh, you know, I mean, it's still very low. I would say if I had to, if I had to ballpark it, it would be less than one percent. Generally, most pe- people tolerate the sunscreens fine. That being said. Um, you know, certain medications will make you more sensitive to the sun as that's well. That's true. And it's something to consider. And always, you know, talk to your pharmacist about many of the antibiotics will do that. Some of the diuretics, uh, uh, you know, chemotherapy definitely could do that as well. So, um, it, you know, it's another factor that we have to consider when thinking about sunscreen.
1: So is that something that automatically, if you're on a medication that your pharmacist will tell you about or you have to ask about it? Or
2: Generally the pharmacist if it's an it's a drug that's known to cause photosensitivity, they'll tell tell you about it, especially in the summer months, I find. Uh, you know that printout that you get when you're in the pharmacy yep. as well? It'll generally say it there like in pretty big letters, it's photosensitizing. So if you see that term, ask the pharmacist about it. But if you're on a medication like that, absolutely wear a sunscreen because your burns could get very exaggerated while, while they're on those type of medications. And, and common antibiotics will do this as well. You'd be surprised.
1: Okay, um, thank you so much for all that really important information, John Papastergio from the Ontario Pharmacists Association.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one.